Hi, and welcome to the Salt Churches podcast. Jesse and I are here today and really, really excited to talk to you about something that is constantly changing our lives over and over and over again and constantly challenging us. Um, And we talked about it with our church, um, with our gathering um, a couple of weeks ago, and it's just been, it's been awesome. The result from it, the fruit from it, the conversations that it started, and it would seem like a really, really simple thing, and it would seem like something that shouldn't be ignored by Christians all over the world, but we feel like that might actually be the case. So um, Jesse did an amazing job leading our uh, our gathering a couple of Wednesdays ago, and I wanted her to kind of talk us through parts of it, but we're going to talk back and forth about what this really means. So what did we talk about a couple of weeks ago? I want to jump into that and just um, tell us some of your thoughts and feelings on it from the start. Yeah, so I think um, one of the things we've been talking about is just how there's all these different things that we can build our life on. And I think that um, a lot of times Christians are going to church and they're joining small groups and they're serving on teams, but they don't have these foundations that are really like the basics of Christianity. And we talk about that a lot. But um, one of the things we talk about is that it's really, really hard to do Christianity if you're not... um, not actually in a relationship with Christ. And I think a lot of times Christians are burned out because they're following a dead God. Hmm. And I, I know that sounds weird almost to say because um, Christianity has so much emphasis on the resurrection. Like Easter is a huge holiday in the Christian world. But I wonder how many people actually have a real revelation about the resurrection. And so um, what I want us to talk about today is the fact that Jesus is in fact alive. And I know that if you're listening to this and you've been a Christian for a while, you're like, yeah, 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 I know, I know. But I don't know if you do, because the thing is, is if Jesus truly, truly is alive, then like, what does that mean for us? And so um, I guess let's just start off with, um, I guess, just reading some scripture together. Yeah, and I think one of the other big parts about it is, like, how does that actually matter for you, like, on a daily basis? Right. I mean, we can say the historical fact or the historical belief that Jesus is alive, um, and there's a lot of evidence for that, uh, but what does that do? Like, how does that actually affect me? What does that do for me? And I don't mean like in a selfish sense, but like that, I feel like that should change something. Someone coming back from the dead should change something about our daily lives. And, um, I'm not entirely convinced it's done its total work in me in. No, definitely. Every day I'm like wrestling with it. Yeah. And total. And the, and with the people I'm discipling, it's like, it's a process, but at the same time, it's an all at once. Like I feel like this is a revelation that if we can get this, like the early church got it, because the cross wasn't like a big part of the preaching and a big part of the symbolism until the third century. Um, so we'll talk about that more to come. But um, Well, yeah, let's, let's go to 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5. And I, I really like how the message explains this verse. And I think this is a really good um, place to open the conversation. So if you go to 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5 in the message, Parker, do you want to read that? Sure. What a God we have and how fortunate we are to have him. This Father of our Master Jesus, 
because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and okay, everything to live for. For a second. I just want you to read that one sentence again, because sometimes we read scripture and it's like this huge, profound statement is being said. And we're just like, okay, like, let me just read my Bible and get my daily reading in. And like, I want us to take a moment and really, really see what this is saying. So can you just read this one sentence again? Sure. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for including a future in heaven. And the future starts now. God is keeping careful watch over us and the future. The day is coming when you'll have it all, life healed and whole. Okay, so why why does this matter? Why does this verse matter? Well, I like how he says there, brand new life and have everything to live for, including a future in heaven. So it means like salvation is not just about your you going to heaven. Right. It's like bonus round almost. Like, I mean, it's a thing we should focus on completely, but we have it right now in our daily lives. The reason I feel like we go to heaven is because we're living in it and bringing it here as often as possible. Yeah. A lot of times, one of the things I really want to emphasize is the fact that because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life. So it means like, like, I hate to say it like this, but like everything that ha- happened to you before you were following Jesus, like really isn't as important as what's ha- going to happen to you. And I always talk about this one illustration and people always laugh at it because like, it's kind of a funny one, but I really think it emphasized it the most. So it's like, okay, who has had popcorn? Like, everyone. Everyone has had popcorn at some point in their life, right? Are you doing hand raising? (laughs) Yeah, raise your hand. (laughs) Unless you're driving. (laughs) Okay, so Parker, when you are making popcorn in the microwave, right? Yes. Most likely it will be burned. (laughs) Okay, that's not this illustration. (laughs) But um, when you're making normal popcorn and you listen to the instructions. (laughs) It's kind of funny. You go too far with it. All right, go ahead. When you're making normal popcorn, right? So what happens to the kernels in the popcorn? They pop. The little water boils inside and it pops. Okay. Now, can that popped corn become a kernel again? No. Okay. So why? Why can't it? Because it's transformed. It's changed. I mean, I used the word and fell right into your trap. (laughs) (laughs) But it's changed. It's a different thing now. It's not like... When you eat popcorn, you don't think, oh, this is some delicious corn. Like, I've never had corn like this before. Popcorn (laughs) is a totally different thing. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you're not thinking this is a healthy vegetable. (laughs) (laughs) But eat as a side. It's different. Like, put butter on this. Well, and, like, have you ever accidentally ate a kernel? Yeah, it's the worst. It's the worst. And I just wonder, so, like, okay, so God's given us a brand new life because of the resurrection, right? Right. So he has transformed us from kernels to popcorn. Like, we are no longer kernels, right? And this is where everyone laughs, but here's the point. So many of us are so focused on our life as a kernel and not the fact that we're now popcorn. We're completely changed, completely transformed. You're not going to become a kernel again. It's, It's impossible for you to become a kernel again. But at the same time, it's not super important to be focusing on your life as a kernel either. 
because you're meant to be enjoyed, delighted in, and and you have a whole new purpose now as you're being transformed. And I think so many of us are focused so much on our past and not the fact that Jesus gives us a brand new life. So how did you like, how did you come to that conclusion yourself? Like, how did you seize on that idea of the, not just the popcorn, but like, how does that, how does the idea of resurrection actually live with you? Like what changed? I think for me, it was the fact that, um, when I stopped like participating in religion and actually like started a real relationship with Jesus, which required me to quit my job and sell my stuff and live as a missionary overseas for a year. So you'd say resurrection creates an intensely practical Christianity, not just like a mental one where you're like, he's alive and I feel better. It's like you start doing stuff. Oh yeah. I mean, when it says like, um, and you have everything to live for, like a tiny glimpse of real God and a real Jesus was like, oh my gosh, like I will give up everything to like have a relationship with God. Did it work? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I mean, like, look at me. <laughs> like, I really love Jesus. I'm yeah. obsessed with him. And the thing is, is like. You can't love like a, a person that's dead. Right. Well, and the thing is, is like, I I have had so many terrible things happen in my past and people are like, oh, like, I can't believe you've overcome these things. But the thing is, is like, if you talk to me, I'm obsessed about what's happening in the future. Right. I'm obsessed about what God's currently doing on the earth. It's just like a personality thing or. No, I think it's I'm like fully, fully aware that like he's alive and I have a brand new life and something to live for. I think that's a good thought. Like what, like what resurrection, what a living Jesus does to trauma. Cause you have experienced trauma. Several times. Yeah. Multiple times. So, um, and I, I'm like amazed that you have turned out as well as you have, you know what I mean? Like you've like not just turned out well, but like you're living a full life. There's no like, uh, there's no like, no holding you back at this point. And I feel like anybody else, almost anybody else that I've met that's gone through it, you've gone through, let that be their identity. Right. And it feels like you've turned your identity from being that kernel and you let the life pop you into something completely different. And that's not your identity anymore. It's something that happened to you. And I use but, it as part of like my brand new life to help right. other people. Right, but it transforms into something completely different. It's no longer a trauma. It's, it's a story. It's a story and a service to others to bring them to Jesus. Right. Who fixes it all. Right. That's awesome. Um, so one one thing I want us to talk about, which is really interesting, is... Um, so Paul is one of like the most interesting people in Scripture. Because um, obviously we see his conversion happen. And we see his whole life transformed from an encounter with a real Christ, right? (laughs) And I think one of the things that's interesting is um, how he talks about the resurrection. And so I want us to read really quickly from 1 Corinthians. Oh my gosh, what's happening? Um, 1 Corinthians 15. Technology is failing us. 14 through 20. 
So that's 1 Corinthians 15, 14 through 20. See how fast I can find it. (laughs) So this is Paul, and he's talking to the church of Corinth. And um, I actually love 1 Corinthians. I'm probably talking about it a lot in a lot of these podcasts. Do you want me to read it? um, Yeah. (laughs) I just got it, too. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. Okay, so just time out right there on that statement. Literally, Paul is saying, go home, leave church, do not pass, leave it all, really. like leave it all Don't bother. If, if, God is, if Christ has not been raised from the dead. So this might be important. <laughs> Keep going? Yeah. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and, are, and you are in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. Okay, so that's there's a lot there. But one of the things that I really just want to emphasize is honestly, if you don't start learning and start experiencing a risen Christ in your church, in your small group, in your whatever it may be, I would encourage you to ask why. Because the thing is, is that I think so many of us are are being taught about Christian principles without resurrection. And Paul is literally putting all of his eggs in like the resurrection Easter basket. (laughs) And he is saying, he's saying, go home, like pity us if this is not true. And so this is so important. And yet we are not talking about it anymore. He's literally saying like, I'm alive because he's alive. And so I want to ask you to just take a moment right now. And is your Christianity completely dependent on a resurrected God? Or are you able to be a good Christian without resurrection? So I just want you to take a moment to think about that. And then, what are you going to say? <laughs> Do you think people will actually take a moment right now? Well, they can pause it and then pass by. <laughs> You're like, shut up. (laughs) We're taking a moment and thinking about that. (laughs) Sit in the corner and you think about the resurrection. Um, I forget what I was going to say now. All right. So anyway, then let's move it along. (laughs) If you didn't raise Christ from the dead, go home. (laughs) I remember, well, I had to apologize to our church in the first... Um, week of this because I was like, uh, I've been telling you guys to go out and make disciples, but you can't do that unless you know a living Jesus. Right. So this should be the first foundation. Because discipleship is introducing people to that living Jesus. So if you don't know him, who are you introducing him to? Yourself. Or a religion. Right. A bunch of rules. And that's when people feel like resurrection is, or that's when people feel like Christianity is, um is a religion that they can't live under and it breaks them because you're continually introducing people to rules and regulations. 
Okay. So, I'm going to now try to blow your mind. Prove it. Okay. So, read Hebrews 11.1. You want me to read it? Yeah. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Okay, great. And I want you to read that as well in the New Living. Faith is the confidence that we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Okay, and then the Did last... you see how well enunciated that was after my mistakes? Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. And then can you do this last one in the message? Is that the Bible, though? Yeah, go. <laughs> the fundamental fact of existence is that... <laughs> the fundamental fact of existence <laughs> is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors, set them above the crowd. Okay. So in your own words, what is faith from those three translations? From those three, the, you're asking me? Yeah. Not just random people? No, I'm asking you. Um, let's see. It would be, to me, it's a real thing. It's like faith is like a currency. Faith is like a tangible thing, not just like an idea. And that's believing and trusting God. So what do you think it means when it says that it's the confidence that we that what we hope for will actually happen? Well, I think it means just that. It's total confidence in that because you have evidence. You have evidence. Okay. So if you believe something without evidence then that is not faith, correct? I suppose so, according to this scripture. (laughs) Okay. It's blind faith. So then if Jesus is alive Mm -hmm. and you truly believe that, right? Yeah. So what does that mean then? What, What should your faith reflect? The fact that he's alive. Okay, so if... Or the evidence that he's alive. Okay, great. So if you are saying... That Jesus is in fact alive, yeah. and that faith is the proof, the evidence, the the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen, and that He is in fact alive, right? Uh-huh. Then, what is that evidence? You are. Exactly. I am. You we are. are. Your life is that evidence. Right. So you you are the evidence to the rest of the world. That Jesus is alive. So it kind of go- coincides with what James says as well. It's like, show me your faith by by your works. It's like, prove it. Prove that Jesus is alive. Show me. Right. Because it is a gospel of power. I think a lot of people think it's a gospel of being a nice person. But it is a gospel of power. I think people that are Christians are should be genuinely kind. But that's not the whole point of the gospel. Right? I, I mean, completely. And I, I think that that's the difference that we see in the disciples 
is they, they live their lives as evidence of what they actually believe. So if we're actually believing that Jesus is alive, our lives should reflect that. Our lives should be the living proof to the rest of the world that he is alive. Well, not even not even reflect. That should be the whole substance. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it should like no backup. It should plan. be permeating our lives, like everything that we touch. Totally. Right. So okay, one more scripture. Um, so I want us to go to John. 20, 21 through 23. And Parker, can you read that? Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Okay, so what what do you see about the resurrected Jesus? What does he look like? What does he like? sound like, act like? I mean, he seems pretty, like, I mean, peaceful, satisfied, happy, um, and convinced on sending people. I think that's his whole his whole thing when he comes back from the dead is sending people out over and over and over again. Yeah, I think it's pretty interesting that he's not telling them about how he, like, defeated death and, like, wow, guys, like, wasn't that so crazy? Or, like, hey, like... Can we just talk about how, like, I was so right? (laughs) Well, he didn't need to explain himself because he was the evidence, right? Yeah. So he didn't need to have an argument with them about resurrection. It was like he... That's true. He was the resurrection, so he wasn't coming and saying, Hey, guys, I just want to convince you that I'm alive. He'd He'd walk in and say, I'm alive, so go do this. Why do you think he says, in this, like, really important conversation, he says, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins... Their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Who was forgiving sins up until that point? God and Jesus. So what is he I saying? Mean, and they're yeah. the same. What is he saying in this statement, though? He's giving them the power to do that. So what does that mean? What does that say? What is he like communicating to his disciples? <laughs> It's a really hard question. He's, <laughs> he's giving them his authority to forgive sins. Right. So so they can go out and do that and in his name forgive people. Do you think that this is completely changing their identity, though? It would have to. Yeah. I mean, the thing to think about is, like, for us, like, we've read this a million times and we know we should forgive people. But he's literally saying, if you don't forgive people, they're not forgiven. Like, that's really weird. He's giving them the same authority that, like, God has. What what happens right before he gives them that? It's a lot of responsibility. Yeah, it's a lot. I don't know if I want that. That statement might freak you out if I mean if uh, obviously if you're trying to do it on your own strength I guess but if you believe in a living Jesus I guess it's not so bad well and he's saying receive the Holy Spirit he's breathing onto them he's giving them his power his authority his life so it's not something we can do on our own he's literally bridging that gap through impartation right and so when he does that, he's saying, he's saying, I'm real. Wake up. The spirit is alive. You have an important job to do. Right. 
and like you've you've been watching a long time you've been sitting in your pews for a long time here I am standing right before you so (laughs) that leads perfectly into the last verse that I want us to talk about which is John 5 39 through 40 well let's just go to John 5 39 to start Um, And let's go to the message because it's just absolutely wild. So we'll do 39 through with you. Um, We'll do John 5, 39 through 47. So it's a little bit long, but let's just read it like section by section. You have your heads in your Bibles constantly because you think you'll find eternal life there. But you miss the forest for the trees. These scriptures are all about me. And here I am, standing right before you, and you aren't willing to receive from me the life you say you want. Okay, time out. That is so crazy. (laughs) Is that not so crazy? It's great. What is he saying? He's saying... The whole point of everything and all of existence is standing right in front of you, and you say you want a particular type of life, but I'm that life. I am that. You're missing the point. How many of us are missing that point? Like, so many. 90%. I miss it almost daily. I literally, like, have to try to, like, remind myself all the time, like, here I am standing right before you, and you're worried about paying your bills. Yeah. And here I am standing right before you, and, like, you're trying to, like, get people to come to, like, a church gathering. Well, it's not just... This isn't just an Easter message. It's the message. It's the everything. Yeah, it's the... Me- it's, it's the whole the life. <laughs> okay, so read the next part. Okay, all the pastors, right now, just put a little blanket around you and make yourself... Get cozy. Get cozy. <laughs> I'm not interested in crowd approval. And do you know why? Because I know you and your crowds... I know that love, especially God's love, is not in your working agenda. I came with the authority of my Father, and you either dismiss me or avoid me. If another came, acting self-important, you would welcome him with open arms. How do you expect to get anywhere with God when you spend all your time jockeying for position with each other, ranking your rivals, and ignoring God? Okay. Super challenging, super convicting. I always laugh because one of my biggest pet peeves is when, like, famous pastors and preachers preach about, like, like how the people in the crowd should not, like, care about being famous. <laughs> and, and it's like... When you're Christian famous, it's easy to say, hey. Hey, you shouldn't care about becoming famous. We want a nameless, faceless generation. But you guys know who Billy Graham is, right? (laughs) You know who Paul the Apostle is, right? There's always a name smack dab in the center of a revival. Yeah, and the thing is, is like, I don't think it's... God uses people. I don't think it's wrong to, like, become famous for what Jesus has you do. But he's saying, don't sacrifice that for the approval of the crowds. And I think what's really interesting here is, like, I think a lot of Christian preachers are so focused on the crowd approval that they don't preach the gospel anymore and they don't preach repentance. They they want to preach messages about sex or like things that are like culturally like cool and challenging and like everyone like like looks so awesome and cool, but I feel like like the real power comes from like 
really being fully in like obsessed with God's love and that being the main point on your agenda. Right. And so you want to read the well, last. And I think I, I think so many people are guilty of that. Like jockeying for position. Oh no, my gosh. Just, no, if, accepting people that jockey for position. What's honored and what's not in lots of different cultures and even in like not even in but in church culture. It's like like the games are rewarded if you win. Right. If you're jockeying for position and 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 climbing the ladder. Right. So I just just an errant thought, but we'll keep going. But don't think that I'm going to accuse you before my father. Moses, in whom you put so much stock, is your accuser. If you believed, really believed, what Moses said, you would believe me. Again, evidence, faith. He wrote of me. If you won't take seriously what he wrote, how can I expect you to take seriously what I speak? <laughs> Jesus is one salty dog. He's salty. <laughs> for sure. I don't, like, that's... that's He's not humble. a baby in a manger anymore. Well, that, that's a... That's the type of language somebody would use that can't, can't be killed. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? No matter how, how many times, times you try to put somebody like that down. It, they would live. I mean, that's what Jesus... Jesus is so full of life and so blatantly true, he can't help himself. And I think that's the crazy part for me is that's that's love talking. That's love personified speaking to those people. And it's like... It's it all, seems harsh, though, doesn't it? Of course it does, but I think our perspective and view of love might be a little bit skewed and different. Because Jesus... I don't think Jesus equates love and tolerance. I don't think they're the same thing to him. Well, and I, what I love about Jesus is he's so incredibly patient with us as long as we're moving forward on the journey. Well, it's humility. I mean, yeah. we can slip and fall and fall like flat on our butts, but like I think the biggest thing is well, like are we fully repentant? Are we using it on a daily basis? Are we turning towards him constantly? Right after he says this whole, like, gnarly little, like, like wake-up message, he then takes them across the Sea of Galilee where there's a huge crowd that is just consumed by the cool tricks that God can do, that Jesus is doing with the miracles. And literally he says to them, like, here I am standing right before you to his disciples. And then they're like, how are we going to feed all these people? <laughs> and then right after that is the storm where they're like, Jesus, we're going to die in a storm. And, like, you do wonder, like, I like when Jesus says to them, he's like, how long must I be with you? He gets irritated. Because it's like, again. You're not seeing what I'm doing? Like, the evidence is here. And so I wonder for us, too, like, I I love that God is so gracious with us that as we're going along, like, I know for me, like, last night I was up in the middle of the night and God was talking to me. And he kept saying to me, he was challenging me to do something, and I was like, oh, I don't want to do it. Like, I need more time to plan it, and I don't have enough resources to do it, and, like, I would need at least a year to pull something like that off. And all God said to me in his kindness and in his mercy is he said, Jesse Green, build the boat and the rain will come. And I was like, oh, like, I don't, what? And all he did was then show me pictures of all the times I've done things yeah. when I didn't think it, it like I could pull it off or do it. Yeah, because faith is real. 
It's real. <laughs> it's not like an idea. It's a real thing. Well, and here's the craziest thing, too. He started to speak to me about times when man told me that things that I've done were not a success. Right. And then he started showing me the kingdom perspective of the eternal success that they right. were. Because I was afraid to do this thing that he's asking me to do because of what man would judge as success. Right. And then he was like, no, no, no. Like, this this is what success is. It's knowing that I am standing right before you and you're living with a living Christ. Right. And so I just think, like, this is the most exciting, scary, fun adventure to be on. And if your Christianity is boring, then you are being lied to. You are being robbed. And so, like, beg someone to show you a real Jesus, not with wise words, but with power and authority. Right. Because this is what you have access to. Jesus is alive, and he actually really, really cares about your life. He wants to show you the kingdom. He wants to like release so many just crazy things in your life. And yeah, you might have to sacrifice things, but you're going to sacrifice garbage for like a whole treasure chest. And so like, it's absolutely worth it. And so like, do not be deceived and do not be robbed by mundane Christianity. Like I, it's so heart wrenching to watch people just go to church on Sunday, like robots and they don't realize, like, what they have access to. Right. You know? So what would you, what question would you want to leave our listeners with? Like, you, you've said, said a lot, especially in that last portion, um, about life, about church, about religion, about everything. What, what should people be wrestling with as we close this up? Okay, I have three things. One, is Jesus... Honestly, your Lord and Savior, meaning is the dead gone? Like, have you, do you feel like you've received a brand new life or are you going through the same cycle of sin every single day? Because if, if that's the case, then I, I want to encourage you to repent, which means that you turn away from your sin and you ask Jesus to help you to follow him. And what I found is like, I did not get saved in a church. I got saved in my bedroom and my life radically changed by d- me saying to God, I want to follow you. And it wasn't about following a leader or following a religion, but about following a risen savior. And he is faithful And so if you want to follow him, I would say, just ask him, teach me, Lord, teach me how to follow you, open up opportunities and give me the courage to say yes. That's the first thing. The second thing is, is if you are a part of a body of believers and you're not seeing a Jesus that is alive and people that are fully alive, I want you to pray and ask God if this is the body that you're supposed to be a part of. And I know that that might seem challenging or confusing or whatever, but part of the ecclesia, which is the the word for church, is that it's a group of people that hold each other to the disciplines and the lifestyle of following Jesus. It's not just people that gather together in a building. The church is meant to be a a vibrant community that dies for one another and lives for a risen Christ. And so... It's okay to challenge if that's not what you're seeing. And then the third thing is, is, and I was thinking about this last night, when you read scripture and you read your Bible, if it does not 
make you feel uncomfortable or you're not wrestling with what the scripture is saying, ask the Holy Spirit to fill you with his spirit and ask the Holy Spirit to be your teacher because you should read the scripture and the word should be coming alive to you. It's not a history book. It's a book for your life right now. And so when you read it, there should be times where you're reading something and you're like, oh my gosh, like I, I am full of bitterness. Like God forgive me. And like, or why is the church not this way? Or why am I acting this way? Or is Jesus really who I have made him up in my head to be? And you should wrestle with scripture because it really is meant to be something that is like lived out with and worked with and not just something to be read. And so I'd encourage you to do those three things. Can you recap those three questions just really quick? Yeah. So evaluate your relationship with Jesus and talk to him about it. And the second would be evaluate the group of believers that you're with and see if that there's life there. And then the third is, is ask the Holy Spirit to be your teacher in scripture and to have the word come alive to you. Okay. Awesome. So wrestle with those three things. If you have a chance, write them down or just replay that when you get a chance, when you get home, when you're seated somewhere. But Um, Thanks so much for listening today. We appreciate that you're listening. We're thankful for you. And we hope this blessed you. We hope this helps you. We hope this revolutionizes your life because Jesus is alive. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. Helps us out a ton. We'll talk to you soon.